You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out. Welcome to Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. Kelly Whitworth, the world's second greatest producer, is here. How are you, Kelly? I'm very well, and Happy New Year, Joe, and Happy New Year to all our listeners. You only said that to be polite. I am polite, yeah. and I really do mean it. I know. You're looking exceptionally well. I've been to the beach a few times, so yeah. I had some nice ocean swims. It was very nice. Oh. Oh, that makes me sick listening to her talk about exercise. It's just it disgusting. It wasn't exercise, it was relaxation. What, swimming? Yeah. Oh, God. Thank God we got a guest. Now, we have Auntie Daphne Millward and her difficult daughter, Karen Millward. How are we? Oh, we're fine. Yes. Yeah. And you were talking about. Um, oh, yes. Happy New Year. Thank you. But uh, you're talking about exercise. I have a watch that tells me mm. to stand up every hour and another one to go walking somewhere. That's good. <laughs> so I get plenty of exercise. Good on you. Yeah, but can I ask Daphne, Auntie Daphne, why? Why? <laughs> well, I've been, been uh, allocated this Special watch because it has an emergency Mm -hmm. uh, on it in case I fall over. Right, right. And uh, but Mm. uh, on some occasions when I've been out and Mm. I've been clapping my hands, yes, I get a message to say, "Have you fallen?" (laughs) (laughs) Now, Daphne, I think. Yeah. So, isn't technology marvelous nowadays? Oh, I don't know about that. Yes, I can't cope with half of it. Look, yes, you look. You look my vintage. What year were you born? Yeah, born. Yeah. Oh, you don't ask ladies. Oh, he does ask ladies that. But you don't have to tell. I don't mind. So I was born in 1940. Excuse me, could you say that again? I was born in 1940 uh, uh, in Maroochydore Hospital, Maroochydore, which is northern Victoria, um, about three or six k's from Shepparton. Yep. In the Barupna Base Hospital. Yep. You, you know, you want to hear something interesting? I live about 23 k's from Marupna, so I'm very familiar with Marupna Base Hospital. 
Oh, right. Well, yeah. it's not a hospital anymore. No, no. They moved it over That's to Shepparton. The big Goulburn Valley Hospital. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know what's happened to it now. I, it was a nursing home no. yes. at one stage, mm. but I don't know if no. it's still yeah. operating. It's still operating. Now, what I was going to ask you is, 1940, you got much recollection about your parents? My... Parents, your father and mother. Ah, right. Well, um, my mother came down to Melbourne. Some of my family were based in Footscray. Mm -hmm. And um, she came to work in the munition factories over Uh, that way. Yep. And, um, yes, met my father, who was the son of a assistant manager who used to work on Kamaragunja. Kamaragunja Reserve, which is just over the river from Barma in New South Wales, and uh, uh, who came to... And my uh, great-uncle, grandfather, was very good friends with, uh, with that family. And that's how my mother met my father, uh, in Footerscray. Footerscray, yes. Yes, <laughs> but I was born in, in Barupna. Right, right. Yes, uh, and my father's English. Right, so what was early life like for a young girl during the war? Early life, I, uh, up until about five years old, I went backwards and forwards from Cumbragunja to the flats the river flats in Marupna, mm-hmm. between Marupna and Shepparton. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, well, I was very young at the time, but um, they were good times most of the time, right. being that young. But one of the things that we learned was that if we heard a car coming down onto the flats, we had to go and hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, because many of our, my uh, cousins and had been uh, taken away by uh, welfare workers and the police. Mm-hmm. So uh, in those years, not very many people had cars. So you knew if a car was coming down onto the flats, it was either uh, the police or welfare, mm-hmm. and sometimes they came together. Right. Yeah. How did that affect you? Uh, well, at that age, you you know you learn to run quick, <laughs> run really fast. That was because again, and hide yes. in the long grass. Yes, uh, but uh, yes, and it was really the toing and froing uh, coming from uh, Cumbria across to Marupna and, mm. and vice mm. versa. Mm. Um, and most of the time, our people walked from uh, Cumbra to Marupna, which was, I think, about uh, 40 miles. Yeah. I don't know what that is in case, about 80 something. something like that, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, that was a bit uh, difficult. But then when I was um, about five and a half, uh, I went to live with my aunt and uncle. Henry and Amy Charles, and uh, they brought me up and, until they mm, mm. passed. 
Was any reason behind that? Uh, Yes, because my mum uh, married someone Someone else. else, Right. So it was a difficult... And uh, uh, he didn't appreciate (laughs) being around. (laughs) So Uh, that was uh, one of the reasons why I went with my aunt and uncle, who, who in our uh, community... Right. Uh, it's, uh, you have grandfathers, grandmothers, and then you have, uh, if you're related, your, um, grandmother or your mother's cousins can be your mother and father too. My, uh, mum and dad were my aunt and uncle. Right. So, and that's more or less how it Mm. works in... In our community, now, you, that you belong to everybody. Yeah. Right. Now you use the word "our community." What community is that? Uh, well, at that time, it was the Maroopna um, Flats and Cumbrogunja. Most of the people who lived on Maroopna Flats came were involved in the walk-off from Cumbrogunja uh, Reserve, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of spread out. Some stayed in Echuca. Some went to Barma, mm. some came to came across to Maroopna, mm. uh, Shepparton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I was talking to the late Uncle Charles, he said that uh, he clearly remembers when the Queen came and they had Hessian bags to uh, hide the Aboriginal community from... Uh, that it didn't actually happen, it but didn't. that was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan, right. That was the plan by yeah. the local... Uh, uh, council yes, is to put that uh, Hessian screen up yes. but it didn't happen uh, but we were very disappointed because we're, all of us kids we lined up along the highway oh, yes, yes. but the, the, the cars went Ooh, right. you know, get too fast for you to even get a glimpse yeah, so, <laughs> so you, you reckon the late Uncle Charles kind of gilded the lily a bit yeah, yeah he did have that habit didn't he <laughs> So, are you related to Uncle Jack Charles? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're uh, uh, cousins. Yeah. His yeah. mum and my dad were brother and sister. Really? Yeah. So, you've got, what, Boonarong heritage. He claimed his mum had Boonarong heritage. Uncle Jack does, yes. Yes, yeah. Uh, but I'm um, Woolithica right. of the Yorta Yorta people. Right. So... Is that a particular clan in the Yorta Yorta? Well, Ithaca is the clan of Yorta Yorta nations, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was school like for a young girl who's kind of hiding in the long grass? Uh, school on Cumbragunja was uh, up until uh, grade three level. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the kids, up until, babies included, up until about 14, 15-year-olds, attended school on Cumbrakanja in one big room. Mm-hmm. So uh, you all got this, you're all included. <laughs> right, yes. And uh, some of the old ones used to bring their baby brothers and sisters along uh, as well. Right, yeah. right. And I can remember going back when I went to live with my aunt and uncle, going back to uh, Cumbrakanja during school holidays and, uh, of course, New South Wales is different to Victoria for school holidays. 
and uh, going to school there. Mm. And uh, I was just amazed <laughs> how much uh, more that I had learnt at the actual school mm-hmm. than by uh, cousins and brothers and sisters. Right. So you were a bit of a smarty, were you? Oh, not that smart. Just that little bit more learning, that's all. Right. So yeah. where, where do you... Uncle and aunt live. He said you lived there from about five. Where, where they live? I guess we um, lived in Marupna. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, um, moved around uh, within the town, the township itself. So I went to Marupna High School, um, Marupna Secondary, Marupna Primary Marupna School. school. Right. <laughs> and uh, then to Shepparton High School. Right. Uh, when I went to high school, there were only uh, four Aboriginal students and uh, we're all related, all right. cousins. So, uh, but uh, as time went on, of course, the numbers um, uh, improved within uh, uh, the local area with more of our mob going to, going to school. But right. when I went to Maroona Primary... Um, there, oh goodness me, probably about a, a third of the school population were Aboriginal mm. uh, children. Mm. And what was life like at the school, Shepparton High? School at Shepparton High, um, we made friends with uh, other students. Uh, a little bit of racism, uh, but uh, n- not too bad. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. Did you? Uh, Not too bad. Uh, but I don't know, you know, how uh, my uh, other family members felt uh, about it, but uh, mm. I was pretty lucky and had good friends mm. did you going have, through. Did you have any little Italian friends? Because they'd be starting to pour into Shep during that period after the war. Sorry, say that again. Oh, I said, did you have any little Italian friends? Because they would have poured in oh, after yes. after Ita- the war. Yes, Italian, Greeks, yeah, uh, Jewish, yep. and uh, most of those uh, uh, communities, mm. we had those little mm. uh, clusters of um, uh, immigrants uh, were orchards. Yeah. Yes. Because during the war, that period, that area, there was a lot of prisoners of war from Germany, Italy, Jewish refugees. You know, all the all the camps around the area. Yes. Yeah, thousands, I think. Japanese mm. too. People were interned. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, did you graduate? Uh, uh, yes. In those days, you either did a, a commercial course mm-hmm. at high school. Or a professional course. I did a commercial course, which included shorthand typing, bookkeeping, which I wasn't oh. very good at. But uh, yes, and but my friends went on to and did the prov- professional side of it, and uh, that meant you went on to be a, a nurse, a doctor, yeah. or mm. you know, a lawyer, or whatever. Mm. So um, one of my friends at that time uh, went to. Canberra, I think, to Teachers College mm. and became a teacher and another one to Melbourne University to become a, a doctor. 
Mm-hmm. Her father was our local doctor. Right. Right. So, uh, yes, so opportunities were there for everyone. But it was very hard to get employment uh, locally. My first job was with an engineering firm in Shepparton as a junior typist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in awe of you. You could do typing and shorthand. I could do neither. <laughs> <laughs> How good was your shorthand? Uh, oh, good enough to get through, but sometimes, uh, oh, goodness me, I worked for the British Government Office ah. uh, at one stage and uh, for the uh, first and second secretaries of information. And uh, I'd go and take, but they'd use English ter- or British terms and uh, for full stop, they'd say period. Right. So I put period. <laughs> period. And when I type up the letters, <laughs> period, <laughs> instead of full stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. so those sorts of little things. So how, how did this I wasn't really very good. No, no, you're no. excellent. How did this come about? That you working? Was it the British Foreign Office, you said? Yes. How, how did this? Were you a spy or something? It was interesting. Uh, it was it's probably one of the easiest jobs I have ever had. My responsibility was boxing up um, uh, films or uh, recordings for radio stations and TV stations. Huh? Information on uh, probably tourist type information, the best places to to visit Mm -hmm. in uh, the British Isles. How how did you find yourself there? I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. (laughs) You you didn't have the travel wanderlust, did you? Went off to the old dart. Yes. But those two gentlemen were one of the, they were my best bosses ever. (laughs) Well, they worked for the government. (laughs) They They could relax. So how did you find yourself in Britain? Sorry? How did you find yourself in England? In? England? Were you working for the British Foreign Office here in Australia? In or Australia. Oh, in Australia. In Australia. Right. No. No. The furthest I've been is uh, outside of Australia is Hawaii. Hawaii. Loved it, Loved it. When did that happen? Uh, that was in 2009. Ten. Ten. Uh, that was that was Karen there. Uh, Karen and, and <laughs> our family went. We had a holiday right. at the same time as Karen and I attending a uh, world um, indigenous uh, uh, health right uh, conference yeah. in uh, Hawaii, and that mm. went for I don't know three or four days. Three and the rest of days. the time. We became tourists. You became tourists. What, yes. So what, and the best place there was Waikiki Beach. Ah. So and the, I sort of learnt how to tread water there. Ah, I thought <laughs> you were going to tell us you learnt how to surf at your age. <laughs> <laughs> no. no surfing, no. <laughs> just, just treading water. <laughs> what was the healing conference like? Oh, that was wonderful because you get uh, Indigenous people attending from uh, all around the world mm. and you share information about uh, programs that um, uh, either work or don't work <laughs> mm. uh, within our communities. 
And uh, later on, I think we had a few delegations go from here to maybe uh, Canada or uh, to uh, uh, Northern uh, Europe. And uh, before then, I didn't realise that we had Indigenous people in the northern parts of Europe. Mm. Yes. And uh, uh, the, the, they, they have similar problems yes. to uh, the rest of us yeah, like, like, uh, around the world. Yeah, yeah. talking about the, the Sami and uh, all those people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So are you a traditional healer? Sorry? Auntie, are you a traditional healer? Uh, not traditional um, it, as such. But uh, we combine a little bit of uh, uh, traditional and uh, contemporary uh, healing uh, modalities, yes. Uh, I used to do uh, a lot of um, uh, aromatherapy, Mm -hmm. uh, massage, uh, healing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have quite a number of our people who are members of uh, Kinaway Chamber of Commerce who are uh, healers. Healers, right. Uh, in that way. So, right. yes, mm. we encourage our people to, to use them and others as well too. Mm. Yes. When you lived with auntie and uncle, uh, did they um, encourage you to look at traditional ways? Or in those uh, days it was frowned on, you know? Uh, well, it was a little bit of uh, both. Our f- family was uh, um, leaders, I suppose you could say, within the, within the community. Uh, my great-uncle was William Cooper. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was his daughter who raised me, so we sort of um, followed um, Grandpa's example mm-hmm. and becoming involved in our our community. But one of the things that was um, a no no for us children at that time was to not speak language. I can remember some of my uncles coming across from Cumber and visiting my um, uh, uncle in Barupna, um, and uh, they would meet with uh, uh, other family members from down on the flats, and they'd come and visit, and they'd go in the front room and shut the door. Oh, even right. you know, even my the, yeah. uh, uncles and aunts weren't permitted mm. to go in there because they were. Uh, communicating in language. So um, it was sort of, yes, uh, sad in a way because that was that's one of the first things that's taken away from you mm. uh, when colonisation happens is you have to learn the colonist uh, language and you're sort of forbidden to, to speak language mm. and, um, uh, yes, and participate in ceremonies and things like that. And we've lost some of some of that, but uh, we do have now uh, our uh, language organisations who are assisting our communities and our uh, different countries across the state 
to uh, resurrect uh, the languages, right. the local languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we have um, language books. Now we have Yorta Yorta and Gundijmara and yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. All of those are coming, coming back now. But uh, we need to also work with linguists to uh, help us to uh, with say the words, words, but then they have to be written mm. so that the us, the younger ones, One can, can learn. learn. Yes. yes, but then we need to uh, uh, learn how to say the words right. uh, as well. Yes. I, was, I was impressed there when you said, when you looked when you said younger ones and you kind of pointed to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I was very impressed. Well, (laughs) at the time I was a younger one when we started bringing the language back, but now it's going down to my grandchildren. Yes. How many grandkids have you got? Uh, I've got um, five. Five. Three. Three. With my daughters and we've got to have we have a Melder family as well right, so I've right. got two others so yes they're all grandkids yes, I've, so got, I've, all I've, grandchildren. I've got a Melder family so I understand yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how many children did you have two two there's Karen here and Karen and um, my other my youngest daughter Shelley lives in uh, Queensland ah, where she's in, Queens- in Bar- uh, Bell Bowery in uh, Brisbane. Oh, Brisbane. Yeah. Some of them Brisbane. Yeah. It's on the outskirts of uh, Brisbane and there's a lot of um, stud farms around there, oh, that area. Oh, yeah. And so they're close to the Brisbane River, which floods. It does flood, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. the 74 floods. I was living upstairs in a pub. Don't ask why. I mean my girlfriend then. And it was a hot night and obviously we were naked. Because it was a hot night. It's Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> and at three o'clock in the morning, for some reason, I got out of bed and I had water up to my knees. And before we knew it, there were people with rowboats going up and down the Brisbane River knocking on windows. <laughs> and I've got this yeah. beautiful picture of us, me and my, you know, my budgie smugglers and her wrapped up in a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> on the riverbank when we've been rescued. <laughs> yeah, I know about the Brisbane River because I was born in Brisbane and I was ah, flooded out yes. a few times. Well, not the the last floods, yeah. but the one a few years ago. It, it was the 19... Uh, yeah. my gran- one of my eldest grandson and I went to visit my daughter yeah. in Queensland for yeah. uh, Christmas. Yeah. And uh, the big floods at that time, that was so scary. yeah. Yeah. Luckily, my daughter lived on a, a hill mm. high up, mm. but all the low-lying areas were uh, flooded. Yeah, and uh, those who lived down um, down the hill mm. uh, would come to uh, our place to recharge their phones because we still had electricity. And we had yeah. water. Yeah, yeah, and um, the army would drop off supplies for us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a frightening in a way because uh, we still had a television going and everybody come and, and yeah. watch mm. the latest. Mm. 
and to see all the devastation. That's right. Did you, did you have dead animals kind of floating past because that happens? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, they're uh, South Banks. Yeah. They had uh, restaurants on the water. That's right. And uh, uh, boats a little bit further yeah. up the yeah. river. Yeah. And then all of those sort of came down. Uh, yeah. The river going out too. Yeah. What, 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 oh, yeah, it's terrible. Terrible, and I, and all the deaths. Mm, mm. Yeah. See, one of my I, I, yeah. yes, it was very sad time. Mm, one of my sisters lives in Kangaroo Point, and the funny thing about Brisbane is all the penthouses and the towers are down the bottom, and everybody else lives, you know, up. And all the penthouses got flooded. Yes. <laughs> Which she kind of laughed at. She's, she's that type of woman. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it. Uh, uh, all the nice big flash houses are generally on the river. That's right. And they had their, their own little piers and, and right. whatnot and a boat or something. Yeah. Anchored. And off they go. And uh, they were the... Biggest complainers about <laughs> getting right. assistance yeah. during uh, that period. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. But they're bond. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. When you left high school, you did you did that work. And what type of work? You said you've done a fair different types of work during your life. What type of things you've been doing? Um, okay, when I was still at school, I worked weekends in uh, a cafe in Marutna and uh, also I worked at, at the old-style Coles in Shepparton behind uh-huh. the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, I worked for the engineering uh, company uh, that made orchards... Sprayers, um, and oh, can I say this? That's where I have met my first boyfriend. Oh, of course, you can say whatever you like. It's yes, he was an apprentice was mechanic. Ah, well, but we don't want to know about the yes. first kiss, all right? But in when I was seventeen, I my uncle, Pastor Sadag Nichols, uh-huh. came to Imperukna and had a, a long, long chat with my mum and dad mm-hmm. and next minute I was packed up and brought down to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I had to get my mum to go to my workplace and tell them what <laughs> happened, that I more or less been kidnapped. Kidnapped. <laughs> taken to Melbourne. So I work with um, uh, Pastor Sedok Nichols mm-hmm. and Pastor Stan Davy in the establishment of the Aborigines Advancement League, which is the first major organisation uh, in 
uh, Victoria mm-hmm. and in Melbourne. We started off, goodness me, in uh, houses. Our, our first office was the uh, um, study of the Church of Christ Mance in Ivanhoe. Oh, right. And uh, then we moved to the Church of Christ Bible College right. in Clanaris. <laughs> then we moved to Bayswater. Oh. And then we actually got an office in the Athenaeum building in Collins Street in the city. And uh, one little funny in- incident that I generally talk about is that um, we lived in, I lived with uh, Pastor Davy and his family in Bayswater, and it was on a, a, um, uh, a farm like uh, situation. Mm. And we had a cow and uh, a milking cow. Yes, yes. And I would travel on the train from Bayswater to the city with a lemonade bottle full of milk wrapped in a brown paper bag. And, of course, travelling on the train, you had the people looking at you, you know, strange. You know, yes. She's so young. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying around this bottle in a brown paper, paper bag. bag, yes, yes. But it was milk for our coffee. Oh, right. <laughs> in our office in the yes, uh, yeah. Athenaeum building. Well, and then, of course, later on, we moved to um, Cunningham Street uh, in uh, Northcote, and then uh, had the uh, the new building in uh, Thornbury, which was through the at that time the Northcote City Council. Now, it, Northcote's become part of Darabin mm-hmm. uh, City Council, mm-hmm. and they've always been uh, uh, great supporters. Of the uh, Aborigines of Pansbury, yes. So Pastor Doug obviously kidnapped you because he knew you were a talented young woman who could do typing in shorthand. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> there weren't too many of us. Exactly. Yeah. So, and of course, being part of family, <laughs> yeah, you had no choice. So, so what exactly was your role? Well, I uh, I was the uh, office. Person, dog's body. You couldn't call, <laughs> call me a manager or anything like uh, that because right. it was uh, three of us, yep. and uh, I, I just took phone calls mm. and typed up letters and and things mm. like that uh, because um, Pastor Doug and Pastor Stan would be out uh, travelling uh, to uh, different locations and uh, talking about the. In the beginning of the Advancement League, talking about the plight of the people in uh, uh, South Australia, where they had, where they did the bomb testing. Yes, Maralinga, yeah. And uh, some of those people were uh, uh, dislocated from their uh, from their lands, but not all of them were notified uh, what was going on. Mm. So some of them were still within that. Area, and uh, you know, were affected, yeah, uh, badly affected, yeah, by that, mm. and, and not just our people, but the other people who were involved yes. mm. uh, there as well. But uh, and um, that sort of uh, started off right. our, our efforts in assisting Aboriginal people, and then. We then began to concentrate on our own mob uh, here in Victoria. 
can you tell us about the land at Northcote and the building program with the Aboriginal Advancement League? Did you, um, how did that come about? Because that, that's a very nice spot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, in the beginning, when uh, uh, the Advancement League came into being, there was no government funding, and we relied a lot on uh, donations, and which was why uh, Pastor Doug and Pastor Sand went out and giving talks here, mm-hmm. and, and they would yep. take up a collection. And uh, we also had what we called uh, AAL branches around the state, mainly people from church, churches or schools, uh, who, you know, uh, raised money uh, for the lead. So we relied on that. That's why it took so long before we actually had an office to work from. Mm. Um, And then uh, we, we... were given the an old uh, Church of England manse in um, Northcote, which became the Aboriginal Girls' Hostel, right. uh, which was um, then my mum and dad came down and ran the hostel. So I then moved into the hostel mm-hmm. uh, with them, and uh, an office was set up in the backyard uh, of the hostel and uh, then a few years later uh, another building was uh, built in mm-hmm. the backyard and then we... This is all from uh, donations. Yes. Uh, and then we also had the uh, Sir Doug Nichols Centre which was on the same property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then... Uh, uh, as time went on, we started then receiving um, grants from the uh, government. Mm-hmm. So along with the government, um, the uh, uh, Commonwealth and the local government, uh, we were able to uh, get the uh, property mm-hmm. in um, Thornbury and uh, to have the uh, building Building, uh, yes. Built there, mm. yes. Mm. And out of the Aborigines Advancement League came the uh, um, legal service, the child care agency, and uh, what was the other one? Health. That's, Health. Yes. Mm. The legal service. Right. Child care. Yes, right. all of those organisations yeah. came out of work because they needed... Um, uh, uh, extra uh, work to work. be done in those in those areas. So, so basically, you were involved in the formation, the early formation of all these organisations which now exist, uh, or ninety percent, let's say. Oh yes, a, a small involvement. Well, well it's, it's, it was, um, things start somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they do start small. Yeah. But uh, oh well, one of the things that um, happened was after five me working five years uh, with the league, um, Pastor Doug decided that uh, I needed to have uh, wider experience, so I was more or less kicked out. What? 
Well, we're giving a little. Or it was a strong suggestion. You were giving a little bag and said, "Off you go, yes. Aunt Daphne. Off you go." Or those so, days, Daphne. Yeah. Yes, I was. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then I got got a job uh, in with a um, uh, a firm in Easy Street, Collingwood, ah, yes. in the uh, personnel office yep. of the factory part mm. of G. N. Raymond mm. Limited. And uh, I was there for about uh, five years. And uh, I've worked, uh, funnily enough, worked for a couple of other engineering firms Mm. after that. And uh, then when I got, uh, oh, yes, then I went to the British government office. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And from there I moved to Queensland. Oh. Yes. Where in Queensland? (laughs) Uh, uh, New Farm. New Farm. Oh, good old New Farm. I lived on the river and I would catch a ferry to go to the uh, city. Stilt Central, New Farm. (laughs) They knew about floods. That's why their houses were on stilts. I had an auntie I used to go spend holidays there in New Farm, you know, and uh, she had a house on stilts and we'd play around. Yeah, I remember that. They were well, we all could on get a tram yeah. uh, as well, but I worked for a, a secretarial agency there mm-hmm. and uh, uh, did um, a short-term work right. in different organisations. Yeah. But I got this job as a telephonist in the Towambil Motel and uh, it was fine. I loved it. But they had some of their towns were the same as we had in Victoria. Yes. <laughs> so a couple of times I was directing people's calls to Caulfield in Victoria. And, and yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look, don't so worry. I, yes, I Still got happening. into a bit of trouble there. But yeah. Still happening. I rang Triple O on behalf of a patient to get an ambulance just a few months ago and they said, oh, what state is that? <laughs> So it hasn't changed that. <laughs> so when did you come back to Victoria? Uh, yes, uh, I came back to Victoria because my dad passed away. Right. Mm-hmm. So I came back home and uh, went back to uh, Shepparton to uh, live with my mum. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, and I worked for a local government. Uh, Shepparton City Council mm. there, working with um, uh, people uh, through uh, adoptions. Adoptions. Adoptions mm. uh, in that area and also for the uh, – I sort of had shared <laughs> position between two uh, organisations um, with uh, housing uh, commission as mm. well. So. Right. Yeah, so I was with the with the local government and with um, Commonwealth as well. So you've worked all then, your, you've worked yeah. all your life. Yes, <laughs> right. there wasn't uh, too long in between jobs. I've always worked. I can um, easily say that I've, I've never been on unemployment benefits. <laughs> well, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Yes, yes, you always find something. Yeah. Oh, well, that was my 
mum and Might dad to, with yeah, the whip out. You yeah, can't be, you yeah, know, lazy around at home. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be uh, out to work. Yeah. And and that was uh, probably how uh, I learned my uh, work mm, mm. Uh, ethic as well because everybody mm. in our household yes. uh, worked, mm. e- even if it was uh, seasonal work. Mm. Mm. Uh, like my dad was a shearer. Right, right. And um, my mum and, and sister uh, worked in uh, uh, the uh, canning factories. Right. And um, my brother was um, a plasterer. Right, yeah. Well, so we all, all, all pulled your weight, yep. Yes. Yeah. So I've just been handed a note from your officious daughter here, and it said you've had 26 jobs and three careers in your lifetime. Oh, Would you agree yes. with that, Daphne? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving around here, yeah. there and everywhere. Yeah. I was a spot welder at one A stage. spot welder? I can't weld. How can you be a spot welder? You're a woman. <laughs> uh, and I've got an injury in my hand to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a spot welder if you've got an injury. With wires. Uh, I made um, bird cages uh-huh. and wire uh, hanging baskets. Right. So, uh, yes, so I, I did that for a little while while the kids were at school. Right. I worked for four hours a day. Yeah. Yep. Yes. For mm. $4 an hour. $4 an hour. Oh, <laughs> you're getting a lot of money there. Yes. But, <laughs> yes, yeah. you just did what you had to do. To survive, yeah. Uh, and then I had, um, I started a lampshade business. Uh-huh. Um, sort of having a little niche in um, making lampshades in people's um, uh, own material to match their curtains ah. or their bedspreads, yeah. which was done yeah. uh, back in those... That's in the 70s. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Was, and, it, was it all... Uh, were, they all uh, were they all orange? Because that was the colour <laughs> of the 70s, if I remember correctly. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yes, and I had um, half a dozen women uh, working with me and uh, that was great because that was giving them something to do too mm, during mm. school hours. Yes. They were mainly uh, mums uh, who could work from home. Mm. And uh, then after that I went back into uh, government with uh, state government, Ministry of Aboriginal Affairs, as uh, uh, Pastor Doug's <laughs> PA... <laughs> He took but you back, did he? My position was in the typing pool. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask yes. you a, a question. Um, what do you think are the major issues facing the Victorian Aboriginal community today? Mm. Well, we're we're still f- facing a lot of uh, uh, racism, and I think it's. Through, mainly through uh, ignorance, uh, is that they don't know where we're coming from. They don't know uh, the effects that colonisation had on our, our people and they don't know about uh, the dispossession of our people from our lands and um, our uh, uh, traditional ways of uh, uh, doing things and all of the transitions that we had to make, we had to make uh, to uh, survive within uh, a 
colonisation. And uh, I think a lot of people think we get a lot of things for free, but uh, that's not the case. Um, most of the time it's uh, just a separate program that's available to other people, uh, to mainstream people. So we don't get any extra money in our pensions. No, I know we that. We don't get free rent. Yeah, look, <laughs> my, my wife was a Torres Strait Islander, so I, I agree with you. There's, there's no extra money. There's, no. It doesn't exist. Yeah. No. Obviously yes. there, are, there are programs yeah. to assist people. Yeah. Uh, but there's so so many of our um, uh, traditional ways of, of looking after country mm-hmm. that could have been used years and years ago to um, uh, make people realise the damage that they were doing to to country, like in the Western District where they yes. cleared the land and and, mm-hmm. and uh, planted uh, wheat, and then you had soil erosion because there were no trees around. Uh, that sort of thing, and uh, now, but now, uh, they're using our uh, uh, slow burn uh, methods for um, cleaning up their undergrowth in uh, forests um, before uh, bushfire season, mm. yeah, and that's a, a another way of uh, preventing. Oh, I don't know. In some cases, probably doesn't prevent, but helps to keep down. Yes. Uh, uh, fires mm. Mm. and uh, a lot of damage was done to country with the introduction of sheep, cattle, horses, uh, goats, camels even. <laughs> even camels, yes. that's right. They are running wild in the, yeah. the centre of Australia. Yeah. Um, so uh, these other messages that we uh, uh, try to... Uh, in part to uh, other other peoples, and uh, we do have a good relationship in our local areas because I'm a member of Mulla Mulla Indigenous Gathering Place, mm-hmm. of which Karen is a chairperson, and um, and other organisations in our area. We try to uh, um, uh, participate in. Um, uh, council projects and uh, other uh, local community mm. organisations uh, as well to um, pass the message on about our uh, cultural ways. And I've also been in, involved in uh, cultural uh, understanding and safety training with uh, teachers in schools oh. through uh, VAI. Victorian mm-hmm. Aboriginal Education Association, uh, who came up with a, um, a presentation for uh, schools, which we have been uh, uh, presenting through the Koori uh, Education Cushion. Support Offices mm. uh, around so, so, the state. So, so, what you're telling me is, although you're over eighty, you're still working as hard as you were when you were fifteen. Oh, uh, yes, goodness <laughs> me, what keep you going? <laughs> now, a little birdie called Kelly, the producer, has passed me on another message. It's just the story of my life, all these women passing on messages to me. And it says, don't forget, Daphne was Victorian Senior of the Year in 2022. Uh, oh, oh, yes. 
What did you get for that? Did, you, did they give you a little I, I medal a little, or something? Little, uh, I think it was plastic. Pla- oh, come on. No, no, uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Plaque with... with no. We don't, we don't do we yes. don't do plastic. It wasn't plastic. With something no. written on it. <laughs> right. I think it was for uh, community service. service. Plastic. Karen is but, shaking but, her head in disgust yes. over there, right, Daphne? Your daughter is just <laughs> beside herself. I mean, yes. state government giving you a plastic award. I can't believe it. It's a little bit like the blankets and tea and coffee, tea and uh, sugar days. <laughs> but it... It's 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 not something that I uh, you know usually uh, take on, but uh, because so many people had uh, put effort into it, and they didn't get my permission no. before putting putting it in. Yeah, well, that's the whole uh, because point. Because they knew I'd say no. That's you see, right. yeah. uh, but so I went ahead with it because <laughs> people would put. So much into it, mm. and I still haven't seen what they what they actually uh, put in for me to to get and, this. Uh, and you never will uh, award. But <laughs> but lovely though, uh, as it was, there were uh, um, other people that I knew who from our communities mm. uh, who got awards as well. Oh, that's good. So that was lovely, mm. like um, mm. uh, Auntie Frances Gallagher. Uh, who's who's been in and, and she's um, an elder in our community. She's been involved in uh, Aboriginal affairs around uh, the northern suburbs for years right. and years. Right. And uh, Uncle Frank uh, Laxton from um, Ballarat also uh, mm-hmm. got an award. Oh, that's good. And uh, yes, yeah, so that was lovely. That was lovely to to see. Yeah, well, it's yeah. good. It's good to be recognised. Uh, uh, yes. You know this? Yeah. Well, I could see you were really excited <laughs> yeah. about that. Yes. Now look. Well, seeing as <laughs> as they put me in, yeah. Uh, I just like to mention that Karen has also been recognised, and she's been inducted into the Victorian Women's Honour Roll oh, uh, last year as well. That's good to so, see. So it, it's been a year. For of of uh, awards for the Millward girls. All right. Now, <laughs> I can't let you. I can't. I can't let you disappear without giving us. We've only got about two minutes. The secret of a long, productive life. Oh goodness me! Becoming involved in in what's happening around you, uh, particularly in your uh, community. Um, volunteer. Um, I don't know what I'd do mm. uh, without um, uh, my visits to some of our local uh, organisations and to be involved with uh, young people. And um, they keep you going uh, as well. And um, oh, sometimes I probably bore people with some of my stories. But uh, I like telling my stories about the old days and uh, most of the time they're appreciated. <laughs> well. Oh, goodness. Well, but I- one of the things that um, uh, I'm really sorry that I didn't have time to, to learn is our uh, language. 
I know a few words and I keep telling people. I said, well, growing up, I have learned quite a number of uh, not nice words. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Aunt Daphne, I'm sure in the next 20 years ahead of you, because I expect to be seeing, I expect to get invitations to your 100th birthday party. Could you put that in your book, Karen? <laughs> I expect that you will learn much more of your language. Now's the time. Uh, yes. Mm. We can actually do it online now can with you? many of our oh, uh, languages. Oh, that's extraordinary. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I'd like to thank Karen for uh, bringing you into the studio, and I'd like to thank Kelly for being the producer of the program. It's, it's been an honour to have met you and I'm uh, privileged to be, have been able to talk to you today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Trust you every night and day I shall protect you with all my might I will fight away your enemies I am your love Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe 
or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station. G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your dial. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.